A reading from the book of Proverbs, chapter 3. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. Well, good morning. And uh, along with Nathan and Molly, who've already said it, I also want to say welcome and happy Mother's Day. If I haven't met you yet, my name's Jason. I'm one of the teaching pastors here. And I also want to say a few words about Mom's Day, because whether you're a mom here today or you're celebrating a mom in your life, my hope and my prayer is that this day is just filled with love and life and peace and joy because I realize that sometimes, and it's, it's important for us to acknowledge this, this special day that we set aside to honor moms often winds up being less than love, joy, peace, and all the other stuff. I get that. And it's for all kinds of reasons, right? Whether you're not a mom and you have desperately wanted to be, or your mom's just not here to celebrate with any longer, or there's just some problems in the relationships in your family, or maybe it's just stressful because we've hyped up Mother's Day so much to be this perfect Hallmark experience, and at the end of the day, all you wind up feeling is stressed out and let down. Can I just say to you, that's not what this was intended to be. And most importantly, it's not what God desires for you. So whatever you can do today, whether you are being celebrated or you are celebrating, <laughs> whatever you can do today to fill this day with rest and joy and love and laughter, just let's just do that. Let's take all the pressure off. I think that's the best way for us to honor the people that we love. And I also think it's the best way to honor God. So we can do that. Let's do that together. Okay, that's not at all what I want to talk to you about today. But I wanted to say that right up front. Now, I will say this. What I am going to teach today, we'll call it Mother's Day adjacent. <laughs> but it's not about Mother's Day. See, if you're just joining with us, uh, we've been for the past several weeks looking at a book in your Bible called the Book of Proverbs. And our goal in this series has been we want to learn principles for life that just lead us toward wisdom, wisdom in all kind of areas of life that we, we experience. We've talked about how we can gain wisdom in our relationships to one another. We've talked about wisdom for when we feel anger and irritability, which is so prevalent in our world. Last week, if you were here, I talked to you a little bit about how we can gain wisdom in the words that we speak and how important that is. But today, I want, you, I want to talk to you about how we gain wisdom for parenting, because parenting is hard. See? I knew I'd get an amen from that, because y'all are thinking, that's like the truest thing that dude said to me. Yeah, right there, that's it, you know, I just sit down now, you know, preaching the truth. But what I think, what I think might be the hardest part about being a parent, at least what I've found, is that constant questioning. You know what I'm talking about? That constant questioning whether I'm doing it right or not. You just kind of carry that, don't you? You know, those questions. What's the right way to nurture my child? What's the right way to show love and affection? 
What's the right way to discipline them? What's the right way to teach them the life skills that they need to, to live this life in this world? What's the right school for them to go to, the right sport, the right activity, the right friends, the right experiences, the right college, the right career? See why it's so hard? Because we're constantly asking those questions. And even if you think you have made some of the right decisions or you have steered your kids in the right direction, you still lie awake at night and wonder, could I have done a little bit better? Could I have made a little bit of a different decision? Or have I really screwed this kid up for life? <laughs> it's there, isn't it? I feel it too. I have two girls, ages uh, 19 and 16. And I can say from experience, parenting is by far the most challenging, the most rewarding, confusing, amazing, depressing, and overwhelming job <laughs> I have ever had. And it's overwhelming for a lot of reasons, but mainly because kids are so complex, right? And the issues that they face in this life growing up are so complex. And the tough part is, you know this, it ain't getting no easier. In this world that we live in, in fact, I, I say this to the parents that I'm leading these days, I know it's getting harder. I see it. Uh, we have a parenting ministry, and I oftentimes get to lead and teach in that ministry, and we are trying to help and guide and mentor some parents of young kids and they are facing a world that is completely different even from the world that my kids grew up in and that was just a few years ago things are changing at such a rapid pace and nowhere is it more complex than in the part of parenting that I really want to laser focus in on what I want to talk about today and that is the part of parenting where we just want to help our children understand and develop their relationship with God now, I will say this, it, maybe you came here today and you wouldn't consider yourself to be a follower of Jesus, or maybe you're not even sure you believe in the whole Christianity thing, and you might be thinking, well, I don't think this really applies to me, and you probably are right at this point, but oftentimes there are times when you can sit in church and you can just sort of hear a little bit more about what it is that we believe and why it matters so much to us, and I think maybe today is one of those times for you, but if you are a parent who follows Jesus, Here's what I already know about you. You feel an enormous responsibility to get this right. To do whatever you can to give your kid the best chance to know God and experience what we talk about here uh, all the time and what Nathan's already mentioned, that rich, satisfying, good life that is made available through Jesus. The kind of life we talk about all the time that we can experience together with Jesus at the center. And I know you want to get this right. But here's what tends to happen. When your kids start to grow up, and specifically, particularly when they start to get towards getting closer to moving out of the house, which is what I'm seeing in my life right now, you'll find yourself looking at your years of parenting, and you basically divide them into two categories. You, you see them as a series of firsts and lasts. And that's pretty much what you wind up talking about. In fact, when you talk to other people about your kids, you find that the older you get, that's, the, that's what you talk about the most. You're either talking about the firsts, the first night they slept at home, the first night they slept all night at home, the first step, the first day of school, the first trip to the emergency room, the first boyfriend or girlfriend, the first driving lesson. <laughs> You're either talking about the first or you're dwelling on the sadness that you feel about all the lasts. And isn't it true that the month of May brings a lot of those lasts? Have you found that to be true? The last band concert, the last recital, last ball game, 
last time you pay their allowance. Some of you are wondering, when's that going to happen? And the saddest part is, your kid's 37. <laughs> you can come see me afterwards. We'll talk, okay? Or how about when they actually do leave your home and they're out from under your roof for the very first time, that last night before they head out on their own? Some of you know what that's like. And I tell you, you ask any empty nester in this room, and they will tell you the same thing. Almost overnight, the house becomes like a museum. The silence becomes deafening. Every corner of that house, every nick on, that, on those coffee tables, every poster still on the bedroom wall just floods you with those memories. You look around you, and you can still see that toddler crawling on the living room floor playing with those toys. You remember sitting in your chair and that second grader crawling up on your lap when they were sick. You remember that argument that you had around the kitchen table with that eighth grade daughter about when she was old enough to date and you said something really brilliant about it being a cold day in a hot place. <laughs> and you knew you shouldn't have said it, but you just couldn't help it, right? But isn't it true when you sit in between all those firsts and all those lasts, at the end of the day, here's what every parent, every parent who follows Jesus, here's what we want to know. What kind of faith did I pass on? What kind of character, what kind of conviction have I left them with? Is their relationship with God, is it on solid ground or is it shaky and shifting like the sand? Because in the end, that's what matters most of all. Passing our faith on to our children does not require us to be a professional Christian. You don't need a degree or any special training. You just need to own your part of the responsibility, which is to create a family environment where Jesus is right at the center of your life and your family's life, trusting that everything else that matters in life will flow from him. I think the dominant parenting attitude in our culture that keeps us from doing this is what you might call the cafeteria model. You know when you walk through a cafeteria line and there are all these options and you're trying to decide what you want to put on your plate? You want to taste a little bit of everything and you want your meal to be as healthy as possible, but also as tasty as possible. You want it to be well-rounded with a little bit of everything. That's how most people approach parenting. So we fill up their plates with all the stuff we think will make our kids well-rounded and successful and healthy. Good schools, good grades, and high academic achievement. All the sports and all the teams and all the activities. And all the vacations and experiences and all the toys and devices and gaming systems. And of course, we've got to have a little God, a little church on the plate. So make sure that fits in there somewhere, because that's what it takes to be well-rounded and successful. But see, when you take this approach, you wind up as a parent primarily taking the role of content server. You're just the driver that gets your kids to all the places where they can get all these experiences to make them well-rounded and successful. And you're just hoping that between all their firsts and lasts, you put them in the right spaces to get all they need. But here's what I know as a children's pastor and what all the research tells us. No one has a greater influence on how your kids see the world and how they see God than you do as their parent. And specifically talking about their relationship with God, no one shapes that relationship more than parents. Even if you bring them to church every Sunday, we get your kids one hour a week. You've got them for the other 167. It doesn't even compare. And I know what some of you may be thinking right now, but I'm not spiritually equipped to do that. Some of you are just really getting started in your relationship with Jesus. You've only taken just a few steps of following Jesus. 
How in the world am I gonna lead my kids? I don't know enough. I haven't experienced enough. Or maybe the faith that was handed to you was mostly just used as a weapon to get you to behave. God was just a cosmic bully who stayed pretty much mad at you all the time and was only interested in scaring you into submission. He wasn't a constant, loving companion who walks with you through life. But now you're learning that was just a broken picture of God. You're seeing Jesus in a whole new light, and you're going to have to relearn or unlearn some things that got handed down to you. But you get the chance to get this right. You can introduce your children to the God you now know. You don't have to simply give them a mild enough dose of God to clean up their behavior. You can help them know the God who will walk with them, who will guide them, who will strengthen them, and who will extend grace to them every single day. You don't have to treat Jesus like some get out of hell free card that I get from showing up at church a couple times a month. You can show them that he's their constant companion, their source of life, their Lord, their everything. Because when Jesus is at the center of their life, their lives will be rich and satisfying. And that begins by Jesus being the center of your life and your home. So as a parent of young children myself, here's what I know. The responsibility of influencing our children to love God and the life of His kingdom can feel overwhelming at times. Maybe you're like me and you just think, man, my kids must have lost some cosmic genetic lottery that they got me as their parent. But I think it's easier to focus on the things that you're messing up more than the things you're probably getting right. And I hope you've heard us say already, you're probably doing a better job than you think you are. I mean, look at you. You showed up today, and you are here to focus your heart and your mind on Jesus. Maybe you brought your kids with you to join with other believers in worshiping Jesus, to know Him more. And maybe all God really needs you to do every day is just show up to be present, and just trust Him to guide you as you guide your kids. Here's one thing we can all do for our kids right now in this service. I want to give you a moment to just pray for them. To ask God to guide them, to fill them with a deep love for Him. Ask your Heavenly Father to empower you to share the love of Jesus with your kids. And if you're here and you don't have kids in your home right now, here's what I want to ask you to do. I want you to ask for some parents that you know. Maybe you have some parents you know in this church and you want to pray for them. I have four daughters under the age of 12. Somebody better be praying for me. Or maybe you have adult children and they're parenting and you want to pray for them. Just ask God to strengthen and encourage and guide them. Ask for His blessing on their family. Would you take a moment right now and let's do that. Now, with your head still bowed, here's what I'd like to ask you to do. 
If you're in the midst of a difficult parenting season, if you're like me, yesterday was a whirlwind for our family. Maybe you or your child are going through something. Maybe you're struggling with them relationally. Maybe you're just exhausted. Whatever it is, if you'd like to know that someone is praying for you, would you right now just raise your hand? I would love to pray for you. Thank you. I see that. Thank you. And for those who just prayed for maybe a parent that they know by name, can I ask you to do something? Would you let them know today? Would you encourage them today? Maybe you send them a text. Not right now. You can do that during Jason's time, not my time. But let them know. Maybe you'll see them today. You want to encourage them. You want to let them know, hey, I prayed for you today, and I think you're doing a great job. One of the ways God speaks through two people is through us. But right now, I want to pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for these parents. I pray for your power to show up in the struggles they face, for the times when parenting becomes so overwhelming and exhausting. Would you strengthen them? Would you encourage them in what you've called them to do? Bless them. Bless their children as they love and guide them towards you. May each of us trust, rely, and depend on you in all things. It's in the powerful name of Jesus we pray. Amen. So today what I want to do is I just want to leave you with three questions. Just three questions that I think can help us all do this better. I believe these are three questions that if you will just put them in the forefront of your mind all the time, they'll remind you, as a parent, you are the one who has the most potential to be that spiritual influence in your child's life, like we just learned uh, that Molly taught us just a moment ago. So here are the three questions. Question number one, what is it that you want them to become? In other words, what picture do you have for your child spiritually speaking what i'm asking is are you starting with the end in mind this is such an important question in everything you do as a parent what is my end goal and be real careful you're not defining this in terms of their performance you define it in terms of relationship when it comes to their specifically what we're talking about their relationship with god what is that look, supposed to look like What's the picture? What's the vision that you have for that? Because if you can figure out what that looks like, then you can go to the next question. We're going to get to that in a second. But here's what you have to do. You have to start with a good picture of what it looks like. And I want to give you a picture of what it might ought to look like for you if you're a follower of Jesus. And it's from a passage of Scripture that we've already looked at in this series. But I want to go back to it today. And I want to frame it in terms of how we lead our children. It's Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. It's a very famous passage of Scripture. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. But in all your ways, submit to Him, and He'll make your path straight. In that passage are the potential ingredients that you need to answer that question. What is it that I want my children to become? What does that life look like for them? So I want to take it piece by piece. Let's look at that first phrase. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. You know what I know? I know that my kids' ability to have hope in this uncertain, divided world that we live in today 
is directly connected to their ability to trust in their heavenly father who loves them unconditionally. They must have it. They must have that trust relationship. The hope for their future is going to be connected to the fact that they are anchored to something eternal, not something temporary. I know that instinctively, and I think you do too. So in my life, I just want to live in such a way that what happens in the lives of my kids, it's not just some rote memorization of some biblical principles that they get fed into their brain. Or it's not just some conditioned responses to some religious practices. I want to help them understand what it means to trust the Lord with your whole life, with your whole heart. Not just a piece of it, not just a Sunday morning piece of it, but every single day. And then the writer of Proverbs says, and don't lean on your own understanding. You know what I wanted in the lives of my daughters? I want them to understand what it means to be able to apply God's principles and navigate through their choices and their decisions in life. Not by what I say or what I think. And certainly not by what their stupid friends think. Right? I want them to navigate their way through life making choices and decisions based solely on the wisdom from God that they can find in him. I want that because I believe that God knows what's best for them. God has a good plan for their life, even better than what I can come up with. And we say this around here all the time. We just believe as a community that Jesus is right about everything. Right? So my picture for who I want my children to become involves someone who's convinced that that is true. That Jesus is right and a person who's willing to make their life decisions not based on their emotions or a whim from their friends or just whatever they think feels right in the moment. But they believe that Jesus is right, and so I'll go with him. I'll do whatever he says. I'll go with God's wisdom seen in the person and the teachings of Jesus. And then the writer says, in all your ways, submit to him. That's another step in the path. That just means that in their work, at school, in the way they serve, at church, in their career choice, in who they date, in the way they date, in the way they relate to the friends that they have, and in every single area of life, they would just submit themselves to a loving Heavenly Father who they already have a trust relationship with. See, the trust starts, it starts with the trust, and then you can just submit because there's no fear. You believe he's right, you believe he's trustworthy, so I'll just submit to him. It means that God can be seen in every part of their life. And when all that happens, then you get to the promise, right? And your heavenly Father will make your path straight. So when I read that, I'm thinking, God, help me show my kids that a life lived following you is a life that has a promise attached to it. And that promise is not about how smooth life goes or how there will be no trouble in my life and I'll get everything that I want. No, but the promise is it has the confidence in it of knowing and if I trust him, I submit to him, my life will go exactly where he wants it to go. And that's where I want to be. That's where the promise comes in. So that's the picture. So what do you want your kids to become? For me, I want my kids to understand God in light of a trusting relationship where they can apply his wisdom and his principles to their life. And in every area, they will just submit to whatever he, he says to do, knowing that when they do, They'll be on the exact path that God wants them to be on. So what do you want your kids to become spiritually? Answer that question. Because you can't answer the second question until you answer that question. But here's the second question. Where are they now?
Very simple. In their spiritual journey, I've got to use my intuition. I've got to use some instinct. I've got to probe. I've got to question. I've got to look. I've got to somehow in their life figure out where are they right now. Now, let's be honest. We're not always very good at doing this. It's a, it, it's, 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 it's a struggle sometimes, and I'm including myself in this because life moves fast. Things change. And sometimes when we talk about our kids having a personal faith, often what we, we get too focused on is we, we, we look at it as this thing, and we talked about this earlier, it's just a private thing. But you hear us say this all the time. Christian, Christianity, it might be personal. It cannot be private. It was never meant to be. In fact, if it's private, you ain't doing it right. Christianity is not about you and Jesus alone. It's about you and Jesus in a community with his people, with him at the center. And as a parent, it's my job to know, where are my kids in, in that, on that thing? And here's the deal. You know how to do this in every other area of their life. When it comes to their personal safety, when it comes to their academics, you know exactly where they are. You know how I know that? Because every one of you got them tracked on your phone. You know exactly where your children are at all times. Here's what else I know. If your kids are in school, you're checking infinite campus every week, sometimes every day. You know every grade. You know every part of their academic world. You know exactly where they are. But do you know where they are spiritually? Are you checking that one? We need to know. Are they stuck? Have they made even a decision to trust Christ to be the leader of their life? Do they have any interaction with their Heavenly Father on any kind of daily or weekly basis? Are they connected to a community, walking alongside of them to help love and support them? What issues are they facing right now in their relationship with God? We have to figure this out and know what the answers to those questions are. Where are they right now? Once you've figured that out, then you can move on to the third question. It's this, how can I help them take a next step? Maybe it is that step of trusting Jesus with their life. How can I make sure that they understand what they need to know to do that? If you don't know the answer to that question, you need to figure it out. But you're not doing it alone. We've said this several times. We're here for you. We're here to help. I mean, if you talk to anyone in our children's and student ministry teams, they will tell you they have one mission. They exist to partner with you as a parent, to equip you with everything you need to get this done. Maybe your kid's next step is they just need to begin to grow in their relationship with God and in his church. So what can you do to help them take that next step in that relationship? What is my next step as a mom, as a dad, to help my kid understand God doesn't want to just be that get-out-of-hell-free card. He is a constant presence in your life, a moment-by-moment relationship with him what does that look like or maybe your child's next step is to deal with some area of temptation if you've got a middle school or a high schooler you need to know where are they in life and are they stuck because there are things in their life that are tempting them to turn away from that now let me just say this going to them and asking your high schooler or middle schooler tell me honey what's the biggest temptation in your life right now ain't gonna work so please do not do that okay but there are ways that you can go about helping them navigate these dangerous waters. You can be engaged and be involved. I personally think one of the biggest, most overlooked things in developing, especially when you've got a teen in the house, middle school, high school, is you need to begin to help them take their next step in figuring out, what is my personal ministry? What, where I, do I fit in the life of the church? 
How can you help them see you are not the church of the future. You are the church today. You can make a difference in this world right now. You can help. You can serve. Where might that be? Where could you make a difference? And I can tell you this confidently. That's what our student ministry is constantly thinking about. They're always strategizing about how to help our middle and high school students discover this. But here's what I can also tell you. It will not happen without the help and support of their parents. And what I'm saying is that your child is probably not going to find their group they're not going to find their community, and they're not eventually going to discover their personal ministry unless you become more consistent and committed yourself. That's why we provide space for our middle and high school students to do this. This service, 930, this is where our middle and high school students are invited to come and experience the life of worship and community in, in, within the church here. And then at 11 o'clock, they move into a space where they build community and they grow together and they find their people and their community to follow Jesus with. So what that means is, some of you parents of teens need to start coming for two services. Well, what am I supposed to do with that extra hour? I don't know, maybe find your personal ministry and your people. That'd be a start. Which leads me to the final thing that I want to say about this. Parents, we cannot expect our kids to take their next step with Jesus if we are not willing to take ours. The most important thing you can do for your kids is you need to ask the questions of yourself. Start with you. Maybe you need to say, God, I, I, I need to begin a trust relationship with you where I don't lean on my own understanding and make the mistakes that I've already made again. I need to submit my life to you and allow you to lead me and my family down the path you want us to go because you can't take your kids somewhere you have not been. You want your kids to know about God? then get on the journey and know him yourself. And again, we've addressed this already, and I want to speak to it. I know a lot of you are thinking, I don't think I can do this because <laughs> I won't be able to lead my kids because I'm just learning this myself. I'm just in the beginning stages. Can I just tell you something? Research shows that a parent's involvement in the life of a child at just a C level reading to them at night, sharing a meal around a table, going to church with them, having a simple conversation with God on a regular basis, them seeing how you handle life and how you do things and bringing God into your life and trusting in him yourself and how you experience the, and navigate the, your way through life is more effective at a C level than if you found an A-plus church and put your kids in it and you disengaged. You matter. You have a huge positive impact in the life of your child, but it begins with you answering those three questions. Where do you want to be with God? What's your vision? Where are you now? And what's your next step? And the great thing about those questions is they transcend every age of life. For some of you, you're thinking, it's too late for me. No, it isn't. Even if you are a grandmother or grandfather and you didn't get this done earlier in life, it is not too late to start now. You have no idea what kind of an influence and a legacy you can leave in your family for generations to come if you just start. It is not too late. Where do you want to be? Where are you now? What's your next step? And you hear us say this every week. Maybe you don't know what your next step is. We would love to help you. Stop by the Next Step Center. We'll help you take that, that very first step in your walk with God. We'll, we'll sign you up for Next Steps class. It's not a long-term commitment. It's one hour of your time. You come and investigate what life with God and what life in our community looks like, and we'll get you started. 
But today, we have a really great privilege. We're going to end our service in a different way. We're going to be a part of a special ceremony where some parents are going to take their first step in leading their kids. We're going to see a parent-child dedication. So our children's pastor, Molly, is going to come out. Y'all welcome them, and she's going to introduce these families to us.